Welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your unofficial guide to navigating the airwaves. I'm Miles. And I'm Mars. This is a podcast where each and every week we bring two songs and discuss what makes them disgust. Ooh, we're disgusted by these songs. We discuss what makes them special. <laughs> these nasty songs. These nasty, horrible, gross songs that we bring every week. Yeah. So, Miles, would you like to introduce the theme for this week? Yeah, our theme this week is very simply a song that has your name in it. So, my song this week is My Name is Mars by Capital City. <laughs> Which is a single that was released in this year, in this year of our Lord 2018. Mm -hmm. And, alright, to be honest, I sort of struggled with trying to find a song that both had my name in it and felt appropriate to me. Yeah, that's fair. Because basically every song that has the word Mars in it is pretty understandably about the planet. Yeah, you take a red hot fucking guess about the Miles songs. (laughs) And I will walk 500 miles. Hey, no, don't, don't spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the song, but I do mention it. So instead of trying to find a song that really spoke to me and had my name in it, which feels like kind of a daunting task, I just went with Mm -hmm. kind of a goofy bop. Oh, I do love a bop. Hit me with that. Let's listen to this song. Oh, they look like eggs. They do look like eggs a little bit. Okay, but legit, the song is just super fun and bouncy. And super fun and bouncy. That's really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a little funny considering that it's about the god of war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the way that Neil Cesariga of Lemon Demon writes songs. He kind of has sort of darker, weirder subject matter, but still has the super upbeat production. I definitely get that sort of vibe from yeah, the song. Yeah, but yeah. Even though stylistically, it's obviously very different. And truth be told, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about this song. It's just fun to listen to. It's just a fun song. It's kind of just a bit bop. It definitely gets like stuck in your head. And since there's not lyrically much to analyze, I thought that this would be a great opportunity to talk about why my name is Mars. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I mean, I've told you this story before, because unfortunately my story for how I found my name isn't very interesting. It literally came to me in a dream. That's not interesting. There's nowhere to go with it after that. Okay, well, what was the dream about? I don't know. I was falling asleep and then the name popped into my head and I woke up and I was like, that's my name. But I wanted to talk about why this name appeals to me because it it might seem a little counterintuitive being a non-binary person and having the name Mars because Mars as a planet and as an astrological sign is pretty heavily coded masculine. I mean, the symbol for Mars and the symbol for male are the same. 
and the whole men are from Mars, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Although I will say on that, I do have a lot of non-binary friends that name themselves after astral bodies. And I actually see a lot of non-binary people with the name Mars, so I was not very original. I know at least yeah, fine. two others who I follow. Do you know how many trans dude Mileses there are? I mean, probably a lot. You're not alone in this. <laughs> so many. I will say Mars is still more uncommon. Yeah, definitely. But the truth of it is that when I first came up with the name, I completely forgot that the name was tied to masculinity at all. Well, yeah, because that's an inherently dumb concept. Oh, it's an inherently stupid concept, but not only that, conflating Mars as a planet with masculinity, it's becoming less and less culturally relevant over time. Yeah, it's just a big old rock. And I only remembered that the name was tied to masculinity in any way when my dad reminded me. But I didn't pick the name because of the planet, to be honest. My full name is actually Marston. I just always introduce myself as Mars. Can you spell that for me? Yeah. M-A-R-S-T-O-N. Huh. Yeah. I, I, like, I knew that, but I forgot conveniently. <laughs> well, I, n- I never bring it up. No, but I remember you telling me that and then being like, it's kind of just Martian, isn't it? It's a little bit Martian, but uh, I feel like it's a name that has no expectations attached to it. No famous person or character that's associated with it. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. It might not be the most gender-neutral name ever, but the idea that non-binary people have to be completely androgynous is absolutely absurd. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone always has that misconception of, like, every non-binary person is completely agender, which for some people, yes, but also being non-binary just means that you're not defined by one or the other. You can kind of just do whatever the fuck you want. Pretty much. There's no rules. Also, what's a quote-unquote androgynous name? Fuck off. Y- yeah, I can't. I mean, there are more gender-neutral names. I guess, like, Taylor. Yeah. That's a shit name. Sorry to anyone that is listening named Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to all Taylors out there, you suck. Meet me behind the Arby's. I'll, we'll fucking fight it out. I'll slap you in the face with some fucking old roast beef. <laughs> no, okay, but the one problem with my name that I didn't consider when I first chose it is that it didn't occur to me mm-hmm. that so many people would mishear it as either Lars or Mark. Oh, really? I, I get Lars, but Mark, like, that's a hard K. Yeah, people seem to just miss the S sometimes and fill in the blanks. Mm. It's weird. That's so strange. Hey, Mark. The funny story, I used to work in this big warehouse with a bunch of other folks, and one of my coworkers, who I was pretty good friends with for pretty much my entire time there, she apparently thought that my name was Mark. <laughs> Do you have your name legally changed? Not yet, but I will. Nice. So, Miles, what is your themed song for the week? My theme song is Miles by Mother Mother. Oh, cool. I'm vaguely aware of Mother Mother. So oh this, my is, God, the, this finally. is the first time that you're bringing a song from a band that I've heard of. Dry land, dry land. We gonna make it. Oh, we gonna make it. We gonna take it. We feel the sea. 
some honorable mentions before I get into it is 500 Miles by The Pretenders sure. and Me and Lazarus by Anne and Wine and Lazarus by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. I have a, like, a plethora of like, songs and musicians and stuff that I could pick because, you know, Miles, unit of measurement and also a name of a lot of, you know, bluesy sort of singers. Sure. Older, jazzy sort of singers. And Lazarus is a biblical figure so. and also a dope name i still can't believe that that is your fucking birth last name. yeah it's pretty cool so similarly to my song you've kind of brought one that doesn't require a whole lot of lyrical analysis <laughs> fuck no <laughs> this is just a this is just a song about hey we're going to the beach yeah we're gonna like it when we get to the beach because the beach is cool yeah or just like we're going on a road trip <laughs> Something like that. Well, they, I mean, they specifically mention the sand and the ocean and all that. They specifically mention the desert. They mention cacti. Uh, I swear they mention... Oh, easy. Once we feel the sea breeze, get fucked. <laughs> all right, you know what? I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Miles is from the 2008 album Oh My Heart, which is my favorite Mother Mother album, which is lucky because, sure. you know, fits. <laughs> Uh, and I've been listening to them a lot lately, so I was excited for this name. And I'd like to describe this song by using a quote from an article by Sandra, I'm not going to pronounce your last name right, Spironis? Maybe. Okay. Titled, Mother Mother, is this the most hated band in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into some drama that I was just not aware of. It kind of is, it kind of is a... If it wasn't for Nickelback, Mother Mother might be the most hated band in Canada. After seven years... I don't think that I realized that Nickelback was a Canadian band. You didn't? No. I don't know. (laughs) They always kind of sounded Midwestern to me. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like if you live in America, it might be a bit of a smaller distinction. Sure. I I had a friend in high school that really liked Nickelback. Maybe I just know more about Nickelback. Uh, I mean, okay, people have pretty much stopped making jokes about Nickelback at this point, which is good. It's it's 2018. Because, I mean, that joke is like six years long dead. Mm -hmm. It's like Chuck Norris. Oh, God. We should bring that back. Can we bring that back? Somebody, like, uh, I saw a Chuck Norris meme on my Twitter feed somewhat recently, and I was shocked. That would, like, actually make me, like, a deer in headlights just pause. Yeah, it was, just, it was what? But anyway, I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. tr- truth be told, I don't think I've ever listened to a Nickelback album. I think their songs are, like, pretty decent. Yeah, they're fine. I don't know why they were so reviled. I think it's because the emo kids were revolting in popular Uh, culture. That's probably it. Anyway, talk about the song. We're not talking about Nickelback. We're not talking about the song. Okay, so after seven years and four albums, Gildemond, who is the main singer, is used to such displays of vitriol, such as referring to them as almost the worst band in Canada. Yeah. He likes to challenge listeners with Mother Mother's hillbilly art pop. I love that. Whether he's showing disdain for disdain on 2011's half-spoken hit The Stand or getting his dad to recite a Dutch poem on The Cry Forum, a growly number from the band's 2012 album The Sticks. There are bands like Arcade Fire who are eternally beloved and that looks fun, but it's also nice to stir the pot a little bit, he says. I think that's a good definition of Mother Mother. I didn't realize that Mother Mother was so hated because the only thing that I've heard about Mother Mother is... Oh, Mother Mother's really good. Yeah, it's this right balance of folk blues to indie with like a healthy dose of queer weirdness. Sure. Gay people love Mother Mother. Yeah, to be fair, uh, everyone I've heard talk about Mother Mother has been queer. It's about death and being like a bog witch. It's incredible. 
So, okay, I guess, like, on the more personal part of this, I picked my name, ooh, because I was really procrastinating on picking my name. Like, if you want one sentence to define me as a person, is I procrastinated on picking my own goddamn name. I'm a lazy son <laughs> of a bitch. It took a long time for me, too, but that's just because I couldn't decide. Yeah, but for, like, six months, my friends were like, so are you gonna change your name? And I was like, oh, fucking guess so it. So you came out and then was like, eh. Yeah, so what I did is I, I just went by the masculinized version of oh, my birthday. Oh, okay, name, I gotcha. Which actually suited me. It, it wasn't the worst. And my friends who were listening, they'll be like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it's okay. But there is, like, there's, there's this ownership of choosing your name. Right, yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Because you never know, like, when people are referring to you, for example, by my masculinized name, if people are referring to you like that, you don't know if they're actually supporting you or if right, they're just like sort of right. pretending because they're still sort of calling you by your birth name. Yeah. So it's, it's just easier this way. Uh, I only named myself Miles because my friends uh, Indiana and Jasper made a list of names they thought would suit me <laughs> and I just went through it and was like, ooh, I really like the name Miles. Maybe I could just be Miles. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, there's Miles Morales, sure. which is a little teen Spider-Man. I mean, Peter Parker is also a teen Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, but now he's like a young adult Spider-Man. He's been around a fucking while. In the Miles Morales movie that's coming out, he's just an adult. He's 50. <laughs> I, he's not, I don't think he's 50. But like 24. He's like... <laughs> it's like probably like, I know, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I place him in his 30s somewhat. Actually, you know, he had grey in his hair, so maybe, yeah, like, 30s, somewhere. And also, when I was, like, a teen, I really liked John Green books. Oh, my God. And there was a Miles in there that was a cool character. There's a lot of, like, cool blues artists named Miles. and uh, I don't know, it was just nice to take ownership over myself. I picked a name that was super distinct so that when people heard it, if they know me, then they'll associate it with me. Mm Mm-hmm. But you picked a name that's relatively common. It's common for you, maybe. Uh, not really in Australia. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I mean, not to say that I meet a lot of people named Miles, but there are a lot of... No, but... It, there, yeah. there are a lot more people named Miles than there are Mars. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I sort of did that on purpose because I'm not a very flashy person. Sure. I'm very reserved when people meet me. I'm... I'm a bit standoffish, I guess. So I didn't really want a name that was, like, super flashy. And also it was kind of, like, that little, like, self-transphobic part of me. Like, I don't want right. to be like the other trans people that have, like, flashy names. Ooh. Internalized transphobia is, uh... It sucks. Yeah. Well, it's like we were talking about, like, with the internalized homophobia, I think, last episode with yeah. Bad Apple. Yeah. Is that, yeah, like, you have that moment of, like, well, I'm not going to be like the other gay people. It's like, what's wrong with being like other gay people? Yeah, other gay people have been kind of sick as fuck. They're awesome. <laughs> you should revel in your community if you can. Yeah, absolutely. You should be proud of there it. There are people around you, even if you don't think there are. For sure. I mean, this is going off on a tangent, but like even growing up, like my mom has a lot of gay friends, so it was just nice to sort of I don't know, immerse myself in like meeting butch women, sure. meeting bi people, and it's just really nice. And growing up in like that knowledge of it's okay to be this way. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Even if I was the first trans person. Ever. <laughs> hi, hi, I'm Miles, the first trans person. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all I really have to say about 
because uh, like you said, the lyrics pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's a bop that like definitely gets stuck in your head. Like the chorus is great. But yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. Are we ready to hop into your segment? Yeah, I I don't want to do that terrible rap again. What's like a fun game show theme? I could do like a little like a and welcome to. I don't know what I'm going to call this section. Yeah, what are you going to call it? You should come up with a name where you've done it three it's, times. It's now. called The Segment Before the Break. <laughs> Here's music trivia. Let's fucking play. All right, that's a little stinger. Right. <laughs> I'm going to ask Mars three questions. I've decided on three. I feel like that's a good number. Three is a good number. Yeah. Are they multiple choice? Yeah, I've made the multiple choice. Great. Due to co-host feedback. <laughs> Oh, whoops. Co-host that... bullying has <laughs> suggested. <laughs> the HR department suggested that I make these multiple choice. Right. So what's the first question? Question one. Ooh, that's a fun voice. Yeah. Do you like this? Yeah. Keep Ooh. doing it. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it. For the rest, every time you ask a question, that's the voice you have to do. You can't keep challenging me to do these things, because I will do them. Do it. No, I I encourage you. What is the only instrument played without touching it? Uh, theremin. Well, I didn't even need to get into the multiple choice. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first one that I've known off the top of my head. Nice! I sound like Bill and Ted. Yeah, the theremin is an early electronic musical instrument controlled without physical contact by... It's called a thereminist, which is a very fun word. Have you seen the theremin that is made out of a badger? Uh, mm, You know, I don't think so. And also, if you show me, then I'll stop doing the podcast. Fair enough. Yeah, it's named after the westernized name of its Russian inventor. It's just Leon Theremin. It's kind of boring. Uh, And he patented the device in uh, 1928. So congrats to Mars. You got one right. Yeah. You're already doing just as well as you did last time. Yeah, so let's see if I can... All keep, right. Keep this roll going. Keep this hot streak going. Yeah, let's keep this hot streak going, like that hemorrhoid cream from last episode. <laughs> Question two. Which one of Prince's songs reached highest on the music charts? Was it A, Purple Rain, B, Raspberry Beret, or C, When Doves Cry? Ah, shit. Probably Purple Rain, although Raspberry Beret is my favorite Prince song. Is that your final answer? Sure. Oh, really? It was When Doves Cry. Oh, that makes so much sense. It's just that there's like the Purple Rain movie, and so I figured... Yeah, I thought it was going to be Purple Rain. I was really surprised. I was like, what the fuck? Hey, (laughs) at least I'm not the only one who got it wrong immediately. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) It was a worldwide hit, and his first American number one single, chopping the charts for five weeks. (laughs) The song ranked number 52 on the Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest songs of all time, and is included in the rock and roll Hall of Fame 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Fair fuck enough. Yeah. I think um after he died as well, it came back to the charts. Well, I would not be surprised. All right, so one one out of two. One out of two. <laughs> you only get half of the shots you take. That's, that's the baseball. <laughs> that's the phrase. 
That's what the phrase is. That's the baseball phrase. Question number three. Rapper Vanilla Ice had a hit song titled Ice Ice Baby. From what other song did Ice Ice Baby sample from? Was it A, Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic, B, Ice by Charlie Baltimore featuring Maze, or C, Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie? Ah, oh, fuck. I'm trying to, because I've only heard one of those three songs. I mean, I've heard, Ven- like, Ice Ice Baby, of course, but mm-hmm. because, you know, it's the cultural classic of our generation. Mm-hmm. As late 90s kids, yes. Was I even alive when that song came out? No. I believe it was 1990? Oh, okay. So, did you know that Vanilla Ice has, or I don't know if he still has it, but he has, like, a home renovation show? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make you a house white trash. <laughs> hey, he, legitimately, he seems like a, a sweet dude. I don't really know much about Vanilla Ice, truth be told. The only thing that I know about Vanilla Ice are the one song he's famous for and the home show. Yeah, I, I also know that Kurt Cobain of Nirvana fame did not really like him because he ruined rap. <laughs> he he really did gentrify rap, listen. <laughs> we can't get around it. So what's your fucking answer? Oh, God. Uh, Do you want me to say them back. again, or...? I'm trying to... Well, no, because it won't help because I've only heard the last song. I mean, I might have heard the first one, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure you've heard Pump Up the Jam. It's like, pump Pump, up the jam. Pump Pump it it up. up. Yeah, Yeah, okay. All right. (sighs) Trying to think back on the seminal classic Ice Ice Baby and trying to think about the production, and I just can't. I'm gonna need your final answer. I'm gonna go with Pump It Up, just because I I don't remember... (sighs) So here's the intro to Ice Ice Baby. Yo, Vanilla, kick it one time, boy. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Bum, 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 ba dum, bum. Oh bum, my bum, god, bum, you're so right. <laughs> Fuck! No! <laughs> no! I forgot! So it was Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie. It was, it was under pressure. People are going to roast you for that. I hope you know. Oh, people are going to roast me for not knowing Ice Ice Baby very well? Yeah. People are going to roast me for not knowing Ice Ice Baby very well. You mean one of the most famous fucking court cases in music history? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that there was a court case about it. So Vanilla Ice famously insisted that the two melodies are distinct because he added a beat in between the notes. Okay, bud. (laughs) Ice later claimed that this rationale was merely a joke. Representatives for Queen and Bowie weren't laughing and threatened a copyright infringement suit. His argument was very weak, so he lost. Yeah, you know what? I think now he owns the rights to Under Pressure. I believe he bought them. Huh. Dipshit. Because he, he did it without permission, and that was the first big case of, like, plagiarism right. in the music well, industry. Well, probably not. Like... Probably not. People in Mozart times were definitely ripping each other off all the time. Well, yeah. And also the whole, like, you know, let's just steal all black musicians' right. fucking music from them right. and yeah. claim that we did it. All right, well, that's the end. You still got one out of three, which is, you know. So I think in the three times that we've done this now, I have gotten a total of two questions correct. Out of nine, yes. Out of nine questions that we've done, I have got two correct, and I want you to keep track of that because the scoreboard is going to be important later. Also, if you want to, like, test me at any point, you can... It's not my segment. Well... It's not my segment. You can pirate me. 
you can claim that it's legally distinct because you put a bait in between it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a beat in between every question, which you won't be able to do anything about it. My argument is very strong. <laughs> Hi, this is Mars. Welcome to the break. Just here to remind you to always love yourself. Oh, and also go drink a glass of water because it's important to stay hydrated. Oh, I also wanted to try something here. If you have a song that has your name in it that you want to share, tweet it out with hashtag ArtGhostPod and we'll give it a listen. Remember, you're all amazing. Especially you, Taylor. Sorry we kind of dunked on you this episode. Anyway, back to the show. Welcome to Things We Pulled From The Ashes, a segment about the singles that Brockhampton releases on their weekly radio show, Things We Lost In The Fire. This week's song is 1997, Which, I didn't look it up, but that's when Princess Diana died, right? It is. And yeah. I'm sorry, but you did get it wrong, because it is 1997, Mars and Miles were born. The only <laughs> one. As I said last week. You're right, My, yeah, my yeah, conspiracy right. theory was confirmed. It is called 1997, Mars and Miles were born. <laughs> so, Brockhampton made a jock jam, and it kind of rules. <laughs> I love that. It is a fucking good song. It is. I mean, this song is interesting because it's kind of structured differently than they've ever really done. Mm -hmm. It's just Kevin, Dom, and Matt bouncing back and forth, which is not something we see very often. It's also a much shorter song than the last two. Yeah, I, I am very much digging what Matt is talking about in this song. It's very fun. It's very stupid. Yeah, it, again, this is kind of a jock jam. It's kind of lyrics aren't going to be as deep as, yeah. as in other songs that they've done. I really think that what they're really trying to do here with songs that they debut for Things We Lost in the Fire is just creating a new summer jam every week in a mm -hmm. different style. Yeah, they're creating haters. Going back, it's super interesting because normally do not see songs from them where anyone gets more than one verse. Yeah, it's usually just sort of a one and done. And then Kevin does a hook. Yeah, especially since on most of their songs, pretty much every on mic member gets a verse. Except for Bareface on the Saturation Trilogy. But now he's getting more shit. And really, this different style does help it stand out against the last two tracks a lot. It, it makes it memorable. Just Matt Champion's whole first verse, which is... <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Drunk falling out your car like flaccid dick. Oh man, goddamn, what the fuck is wrong with you? Say it to my face, pussy boy. <laughs> Immediately after I heard the song, I, I texted this to you. So on verse five, which is Kevin and Don does some backing as well. The very final line. Saturation Trilogy has been declared dead. Yeah, she buried. And that's mostly what I want to talk about this time is mm -hmm. I respect the fuck out of Kevin. Oh, fuck yeah. I love Kevin. Of course, like kicking out what's his dick, as we've decided to call him. Dude, did we ever explain that? We're not gonna no, we're not going to get into it. it. We, it. 
it started in a test episode and now we're just rolling with it mm-hmm. we probably won't bring him up too much after this though i imagine yeah i don't wanna yeah kicking him out was was most definitely like a group decision but kevin is the leader of the band so he was the one who had to pull the trigger but beyond that throwing out three albums worth of music to uphold the principle that kicking what's his dick out sets is kind of wild yeah because yeah, like after that shit drop like you told me they went to live shows and shit and like they would just stand there and Silence. Yeah, stand there in silence. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Because they are taking it seriously. seriously. Like, and people are like, oh man, why'd you kick him out? Or like, whatever. They're like, no, dude, we're taking this seriously. There were some serious allegations. There's some serious evidence. We don't want to be associated with that shit anymore. A lot of people, and like members of bands or whatever, right. like they come out with some sort of, you know, controversy. They either don't kick them from the band or they kick them but like still profit. And they were like, right, no, fuck this. Right. Like, we would rather lose money from what's his dick fans than put up with that shit anymore. And I was like, that's iconic. Kevin, you're iconic. And of course those albums aren't going to stop being sold or... No, you can hardly stop that. But Kevin telling us to just forget about him because he won't stand by a major part of that trilogy is a really dope move. Yeah. Really respect the fuck out of him for it. And you know what else I'll say? What else will you say? That when he came out with that video of people clipping together, him going, this is a gays only event, go home. <laughs> <laughs> like five times. That was iconic at the beginning of 2018. <laughs> so I think part of the reason why Things We Lost in the Fire even exists in the first place and while they're releasing new singles every week is to mm-hmm. creatively distance themselves from the trilogy and help take the bad taste out of our mouths. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They are, I mean, like, Bro- we've said this before, Brockhampton, like, they are really revolutionizing the game. Yeah. Game-recognized game, they are fucking awesome. <laughs> Hold on, game-recognized game? What game do we have? Yeah, we got we got game. Uh, we got uh, that hot... That hot podcast game. Hot, Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say on 1997 Mars and Miles were born? (laughs) Hey, Mars here. So just because of what we ended up talking about this week, we completely neglected Dom's contribution to this song. He's great on the whole thing, but I want to highlight this one bit in particular. I love that shit. Anyway. No, I I don't have anything specific to say, although I do want to acknowledge, so they did actually debut a single for Best Years of Our Lives on the last Things We Lost in the Fire. The song is called Don't Be Famous, Hmm. and I would love to talk about it, but that's not what the segment's about. (laughs) That can be your new favorite. It could be. I mean, it's not released yet. Yeah, when it comes out. When it comes out, if there aren't songs on that album that I like more. So, Mars, what's your new favorite for this week? So, Miles, my new favorite is a song called Tokyo by Leon Le Havas. Okay, never heard of them before. Uh, it's one It's one woman. So this is a song off of the 2015 album Blood. It is, I think, the fifth song on the album. It doesn't really matter. And holy shit, this song is fucking beautiful just fucking beautiful okay and i almost went with another song of hers green and gold which is most likely the song that the listeners have heard from her it's her biggest song as far as i'm aware and it's a very good song but i decided to go with this one i think it hits a little hits a little home a little bit more all right so let's let's listen Three. 
actually got like a little bit teary listening to that. That's so embarrassing. Oh my god, I really liked that. Yeah, it's such a good song. So my main takeaway from the song is how lonely it is. How deeply lonely feels. So in the test episode, I did Nobody by Mitski. And even though they're totally lyrically and musically distinct, there is something about both of those songs, just about being in a foreign place and people moving around you and being so just cold and alone. Yeah. Okay, so to that point, the song opens with this soft, distant city noise. And when I listen to it, I sort of imagine lying awake and alone in bed and listening to the sounds of a busy street nearby. It's as sort of like a reminder of the humanity around you and how isolated you feel. That really hits with me because of shit like depression, anxiety, and struggling with my gender and sexual identity. I completely shut myself out from most people in my life and didn't make new friends, didn't didn't talk to anyone about anything. This song, even though it's talking about something different, it does kind of remind me of that and that feeling that I had of that intense loneliness that I still kind of feel sometimes. Yeah, I get that. Okay, pivoting away from, like, the meaning of the song, let's talk about how fucking good her voice is. Oh my god. She has such a goddamn amazing voice. It's like, it is this, like, it's so hard to describe it because, like you said before, it is just beautiful. Beyond just how amazing her voice is, the production on this song is completely wild and amazing. It has, like, five or six instruments going on at pretty much all times. But it manages still to be, like, really uncomplicated and, like, It totally goes down smooth. There's also these voice samples that are thrown in to punctuate the lyrics or back her up. It's an incredibly well-done song. I do not know who produced this. I should have looked them up. Okay, so the producer is a man named Matt Hales, who goes by Aqualung. And, uh, hey, Mr. Hales? Mr. Matt Hales? (laughs) Mr. Lung? Did fucking... Mr. Lung... (laughs) You've done it. You've done a fucking good job on this one. You did it. The production kind of reminds me of how completely busy my mind gets when I'm alone and have nothing to do. And that's kind of how I have been for a long time because I haven't had a job and have kind of been at home. And now I I did just get a job very recently, so I'm I'm very excited about that. But just wandering around the house or lying in bed and having so many thoughts going through your head that never go anywhere it completely drives me crazy yeah and the production kind of reminds me of that there's part of me that makes me think that that's an intentional decision because the lyrics that she sings in the chorus i'm out of sight i'm out of mind which is repeated throughout the entire thing and it uh, gets changed to i'm out of sight i'm going out of my mind mm feels fucking relatable yeah i i get that and and yeah same with my like mental illness and like it's sort of hard to explain to people who don't feel it but there's this sort of like uh how do people refer to it it's like when you're low on spoons which is a metaphor for like you need to be the washing up i guess no it's just like you only have so many actions you can do in one day and it exhausts you and i definitely relate to that 
it feels like you're waiting for someone to knock on your door. Yeah. Some part of you knows that they're not going to. Right, yeah. This song, to me, to use a metaphor, it's like building a perfect birdhouse. Okay. Every aspect of the song, the writing, the performance by Liam, the production, all of the instruments are tools that were used to construct this song and it was executed so precisely and perfectly Mm -hmm. when listening to it even if you didn't speak english i feel like this song would still you would still get the same feelings listening you still get that feeling of like longing and like loneliness from it definitely like that that is a great point to make i think it's a very good song, and I've run out of things to say about it. So, Miles, yeah, what's your new favorite for this week? My new favorite for this week is "Dance to This" by Troy Sivan, featuring Ariana Grande. Okay, all right, let's go it's for a it. Pop song, which isn't normal for me, but it's really good. And not only is it a pop song, it's a radio pop song. Yeah, which is not something you do very often. Yeah, I. I'm I'm very bad at listening to the radio. I always forget to li- like I want to listen to the radio more and then just forget to do it. I feel like I need to keep up with the times. But I'm subscribed to uh, Troy Sivan on YouTube and it mm-hmm. popped up in my feed and I was like, oh hi Troy. I have no idea who he is. What the yeah. fuck are you serious? Oh my god, Mars! How has this only uh... just come up? He used to be a YouTuber, he's Australian, and also I think South African, like his family's South African. And he's very cute, and I love him. Okay. Okay, let's listen to this song. So I'm looking at the lyrics page and I'm pretty sure that there are exactly five lyrics that were repeated throughout the entire thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good song. So let me explain what the song meaning is. Oh my god. Um, Okay, go for it. Troy Saban explained a song's meaning is that feeling, that moment of when you've been to enough like house parties or events over a period of time and you just kind of feel like staying at home and right. like hanging out with your significant other in the kitchen and it, cooking dinner and it sounds like a way better alternative sure, to going sure. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she says in the um, pre-chorus. Oh yeah, under the kitchen lights, you still look like dynamite and I want to end up on you. Oh, don't need a place to go, just put on the radio. You know what I want to do. So it is just like, it, it is like a fucking pop song, but you know. We'll probably bring like more top 40s to the sure. mix if I hear them. And this like, it, it's one of those songs that really grows on you and you like it more and more the more you listen to it. Sure. I, it's just, it's so fucking soft. It's so yeah. like romantic and just sweet and just like, I don't know. What's interesting is there, there's a lot of standard, I guess, club talk or whatever. You know, push up on my body. Just want to go on that ride, presumably, Dick. Yeah, it's always Dick, isn't it? But I kind of appreciate that it's this, like, horny song about two people who are already together. Yeah, it's that sort of, like, old relationship casual intimacy. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
feel like kitchens are a very romantic space for me for some reason. Because that's where the food is. That's where the food is, and food is the way to my heart. I'm fat. It's just how it is. <laughs> no, but like cooking is a very like intimate thing for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Cooking with people. I think food is probably like top three romantic things. So in the music video, it's very fun. Actually, it's just them in uh, Troy's wearing like a dorky powder blue suit, and right. Ariana's wearing some like denim, like double denim, mm-hmm. and they're just singing it like a bingo night or something. Like at a. Aww, that's that is kind of cute. It's adorable. I really like that. I mean, to me, romance and romantic gestures, uh, like the big, grand romantic gestures or whatever, uh, those suck. Sure. Putting all of your effort into one thing, but I, I, it's way more romantic to be like a bunch of little things to remind your partner that you care about them. And yeah, just the reminder that you think of them is nice. And doing fun, silly things together. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, when I heard the song, I was like, eh, on it. But talking about it, I've, I've kind of come around. You know what? I, I'm, I'm on the same page. It's sweet and it's nice. And I like it. Yeah. Well, when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, whatever. It's a pop song. And then much later, I was like, oh, I should re-listen to that. See if I like it. And I liked it more. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to listen to it later and see if I like it more. And I'll report back next week. Look at that. Look at this podcast bringing us together even closer as friends. Yeah. Wouldn't it suck if we did a podcast and it made it as farther as enemies? Oh, Mars, let's just, okay, Mars, here's the plan. We're going to get married so I can move to Oregon and then we're going to immediately get divorced. (laughs) So I don't have to get a work visa. Would that that work? (laughs) Fuck, I don't know. I don't know either. Well, hey, if you're listening at home and you know how to scam the immigration system, let us know. Yeah, let us know on SoundCloud. uh... Or our Twitter. Or Twitter, at ArtGhostPod. And you know what, speaking of that, I think I think it's about time to wrap the show up. Let's cling film this bitch. Yeah, let's... let's Put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice and cold. We'll get some podcast leftovers. Make up... Make some podcast stew. Podcast sandwich. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, delicious. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for tuning in to Artificial Ghost Radio. If you have any theme suggestions or just have a song that you want to share, you can tweet us at ArtGhostPod. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the only way we advertise, so it really helps a lot. Also, consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Oh shit, we on iTunes? Yeah. Oh shit. Thanks once again for listening, and we will see you on the other side.